Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 330, covering Fusion and Rogue Planet. Hi, friends. Just when we, we had, thought it was out. Well, there was a there was an upward trend, wouldn't you say? There was things mm-hmm. were getting a little better, like not great, but better. No, I was feeling real good about the direction of yeah, this sort show. of mid season. Okay, we're we're shaking off the cobwebs of the pilot. We're starting to define the characters. Some of them are likable. We That's can good. Te- we can tell two of them apart now. Yeah. And then they did one of these. I was I was talking to someone about um and and this does well. We'll get to this in my summary. But problematic things like what this episode deals with. How many times now in the history of all Star Trek would you say we've dealt with this? Like ten times. Uh huh. It's a lot of times. Mm Mm-hmm. Just just not good. They they at least three or four in the original series, which I would like to say is because they didn't know better. Yeah, but this is, surprisingly, we just dealt with this in Voyager not too long. Let me, let me, let me explain. Yeah, let's roll into this. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about for some context, and then we can really get into this. Prepare for the most stunning teaser cliffhanger in the history of Star Trek. The Enterprise meets a ship full of Vulcans, and they're friendly. Smash cut. Cue the horrible theme song. Have we talked about how truly awful that theme song is? If we have, I feel like we still haven't done it enough. Anyway, meet... Well, I'm not sure they have a collective name. They're essentially a van full of Vulcan hippies who cast off the whole suppress your emotions thing and decided to explore the galaxy together, which is an idea that I don't hate. Naturally, uh, I spent the subsequent 45 minutes waiting for the show to completely ruin it, and they did not disappoint, by which I mean they really disappointed a lot. Allow me to read from you from our original series episode guide, still available from our online store at postatomichorror.com. This is Matt who wrote this, establishing the uh, show's official position on rape, both literal and figurative. Actually, Matt, would you mind reading your own words here? I would like to make it clear how much I do not want any rape in my Star Trek at all. Seriously, stop it. Well said, Matt. Yes, friends, this week's treatment of T'Pol makes last week's motorboating slash bum talk seem quaint. Because one of these Vulcans totally mind-rapes her via mind-meld, which is the thing that Vulcans don't actually know about back now. She initially consents, but then she turns a corner and is suddenly very much not into it and tells him to stop. And he doesn't. It's pretty goddamn clear-cut what's going on here, especially when she shrinks away to sickbay for the rest of the episode while Archer uses her pain to learn something about himself. Super great! And the worst part? This is actually better than the last time this happened when it was Seven of Nine and her captain didn't even believe her. Jesus Christ, Star Trek, enough is a fucking enough! Also, Trip makes friend with a Vulcan who looks exactly like Gene Belcher. That part wasn't so bad. Not excusing the rape plot good, but not terrible, I guess. Can we? Okay, so let's just launch into this, because I'm fucking sick yes. of it. Absolutely. And and we're not saying rape like to be shocking or like we're not overreacting. It was very, very clearly this was, framed this was as a rape. Done in a very clear way. And from the second this dude shows up, he is Oh, he's, he's got played a super creepy vibe. Such, 
like the from the scene he where he's just like hanging out in a room with uh, to Paul. I'm like, oh, this is going to be another fucking rape episode. At first, I thought it might have just been the actor. Like it could just be okay. Well, every now and then they cast someone who comes off creepier than they want, and I was hoping it was just that. But the, nope. The thing is, it's not just that it's another like gross rape Berman rape fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's that these are always the same. This is yeah. exactly the same as the Troy gets raped one, and exactly the same as the uh, uh, fuck the Voyager uh, the seven the seven gets, gets violated with her nanoprobes. Yeah, like they're always the same, and they're always about the same bad guy who comes onto the ship with a crew of good guy good guys who are supposed to be our friends and starts working alongside this character that he takes an interest in and gets creepier and creepier until it happens, and then we all have to learn that rape is a bad thing, as if that wasn't the most obvious fucking thing in the world. What the fuck is wrong with you, Star? Trek, stop digging at this. Yeah. And and uh, at first I was like, okay, well, at least, you know, at least uh, Archer's coming to her defense. That's something. And then Amanda pointed out correctly that uh, this is a this is a major, like, uh, valid feminist criticism of this mm-hmm. sort of story, which is the rape story exists to prop up the, the male character. Yeah. It doesn't further the female story care in any way. Yeah, the story's just, not even about her. No, at that point, it becomes about him. Like, she just turns into a prop in his story. Well, he, she's in sickbay while he takes care of it. And it's like, I'm glad he took care of it. I legitimately am. But, and I'm glad that he learned something about Vulcans, because he did. He actually, like, like okay, now I get why you guys are so big on suppressing your emotions. But did it have to happen at the at the cost of T'Pol? Like, really? Just unacceptable, really. I just, I... I'm so sick of this, and I'm so sick of how cookie cutter they are. Like someone on someone on Star Trek's got a real specific fetish, and I'm sick of hearing about it. Well, and and you're right to point out that it did happen almost exactly this way to Counselor Troy and also to Seven of Nine. And curiously, I can't think of a single time when this happened on Deep Space Nine. No, odd that. I I could be wrong. Oh yeah, no, I'm trying to think now. There were definitely some problematic things on that show, but yeah. I don't think there were any straight up rape episodes. If we're if we're wrong about this, you know, fine. Yeah, but, please, like, absolutely, yeah. please do. No, there was some like gross stuff with Quark from time to time. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. There was a drag episode. Yeah, like, but DS9 but nothing has dealing its own with sins, this particular subject. Like this specific thing didn't happen. Yeah, no, and you're right. But what I'm saying is, you're right to point out that this the the exact same plot beats happen every time. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember that ever happening on Deep Space Nine. But yeah, we could be wrong. I mean, I someone had to remind me that Eddington existed today, <laughs> so I forget things. Oh come on, Al. He's the he's Star Trek's most well known Canadian. Well, that's the thing. I was I was talking about. Are there even, were there ever any Canadians in Star Trek? I remembered that one time when someone mistook Riker for a Canadian. Mm-hmm. I was like, but were there any ca- canonical Canadians? And he's like, yeah, Eddington. Like, yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about him, Javert. I mean, he's from Toronto, which barely counts, but still. Was it, did he say Toronto? I think Toronto, yeah. Okay, fair enough. What it's do you mean, the, like, It's like your biggest city. It's the uh, tradition of all people in who live in Canada to hate Toronto. That's strange. Especially if they're from Vancouver. Well, yeah, if you're from the West, I assume you have like a New York, L.A. thing going on. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So anyway, it's fine. They hate, us, they hate us back, but they have SARS, so. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Vancouver gave us a bunch of smoke, so... <laughs> I'm not oh. real happy with them right now. Hey, man, it's Vancouver. They're just trying to get you guys high. No, it's not that kind of smoke. It's well, just smoke. Well, it reached here now, so like... Yeah, I know. 
And it's creating like a greenhouse effect and making the weather extremely unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to the rape. (laughs) This was also my bad thing. Yes. The thing is, like, obviously both of our bad things were, (laughs) please don't do this anymore. But beyond that, this exact story, like, take out that one scene. Change the dynamic of it. Give T'Pol some agency and don't make him assault her Mm -hmm. and make her a victim. That's all you have to change. And the rest of the story was good. Like, I liked this. You didn't, you could have made all the other points you wanted to make and hit all the same character beats you wanted to hit without doing that. Like, it wasn't necessary to the story at all. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of... Vulcans who have cast off the eye, you know, the whole like, uh, or, or interpreted mm-hmm. uh, Surak's teachings differently. Yeah. It's like, a, that's super it's cool. It's a great idea that we actually haven't seen before. No. Except maybe with, uh, what's his face? Spock's brother. Uh, yeah, but that's, you know. Yeah, no. That that was an interesting idea that they didn't really do much with. It's it's worth revisiting. Yeah. But like, the, like otherwise, like, this is a brand new original idea. Way to go, Enterprise. And I liked the idea that they had a statue of Sarek. I keep wanting to call him Sarek, but it's Sarek. Sarek <laughs> is Spock's dad, different yeah. guy. Um, they had a statue of him, and T'Pol's like, but you guys don't follow his teachings. And they're like, no, we do. We we don't interpret it the same way you do. Yeah. And it's like the way actual religion works now is like, no, we both read the same text, but you take this out of it and we take this out of it. And mm. that was cool. I liked that they didn't just reject it. It's like, no. He, he didn't actually say that if you read, like, it's like if you're a Buddhist, but you're not into the, like, uh, mystical, like, uh, supernatural stuff. Yeah. You just say, no, this is a philosophy, not a religion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same kind of thing. I like that. No, it's, it, like, the whole thing's a real neat, co- neat concept. And, yeah. just, like, it's something I've seen. I think there was a character in one of the, uh, one of the Trek books I read. I can't remember what one it was now. But there was a Vulcan character who just, like, no, nah, I'm not into the whole logic thing. Yeah, I, and anytime, I, anytime you can say... This whole culture isn't all exactly the same mm-hmm. way. Here are some examples of guys who are different than that. That's always good. And there are interesting threads to pick at here. Like, like yeah. the, the Vulcans, like, T'Pol being uncomfortable around them uh, be- just because they don't, like... You know, prior to the assault scene, yeah, I liked yeah. her being uncomfortable. Before right? that, like, th- yeah. the idea is good because fucking, like, this is where Romulans came from. Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, we don't actually know. I, I'm basing my understanding on a book that is not canon, so actually, I don't know. I mean, I'll take that for, you know. Yeah, it's a great book. I'll take uh, that Fox over, World. you know, nothing. Yeah. But I mean, like, um, like this, is the, this is the kind of place where you start build, like, you know, if this show were working towards the Romulans, which it should have been doing, like, yeah. this is a great place to sort of put that, that in, just where she's I like, like. I like that they may have gone the same route as the Vulcans, but they these guys only did it. 10 years ago or whatever, mm. not, you know, a thousand years ago. So it's not exactly the same, yeah. but it is, it definitely has parallels. And I love the idea that they know about mind melds and mainstream Vulcan culture doesn't right yeah. now. That was a neat, that was a neat detail. Yeah. She's like, what, what are you doing? Uh, well, we're, we're telepathic. You know that, right? Our we minds are technique. becoming one. What? what? Are they? Okay, cool. Hey, can I use this to talk to a rock monster? <laughs> I mean, not yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> we'll workshop that. We'll get back to you. <laughs> But no, I that was a that was a cool out of nowhere thing too. I just sort of assumed they all knew the neck pinch, they all knew the mind meld. Like mm-hmm. no, it's actually a, an ancient thing that got lost, and these guys know about it. But most Vulcans don't right now. That's yeah. kind of neat. It's a cool idea. Yeah, and I like all the other guys on the ship. Mm-hmm. I loved like I mocked the um, the teaser in my summary, but honestly, 
the idea of a Vulcan coming on the main screen and like smiling. Hey, buddy. Was like, whoa, huh, cool. What's uh, going on here? What's happening? The, yeah. ca- Captain, these guys are trying to sell us something. <clears throat> it was, you know, I, I enjoyed that. And I liked, um, I, uh, this is um, my good thing, mm-hmm. actually. They do all this great cultural exchange stuff because for the first time, the humans are interacting with Vulcans they don't hate. Yeah. The Vulcans are being nice to them and the humans are putting down their their ingrained racism. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of cultural exchange. There's a whole lot of like asking each other questions. Yeah. And Trip makes friends with, I, I said, a guy who looks like uh, Gene Belcher from Bob's Burgers because he very much does. His Vulcan name is Tajin. <laughs> he's very, um, he's very chubby and he's got the bowl cut. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of perfect, actually. Yeah. I, I stared at him for like 10 minutes like he looks like somebody, not somebody I know. Not somebody famous, but like a cartoon character. Oh my god! He's all he's missing is the megaphone, honestly, and maybe well, a hamburger to wear. Yeah, um, but the, he, he's kind of a fun character, and he and Trip talk about like because both cultures have these weird myths, and this mm-hmm. was a fun little like running joke. Like, I heard you guys sleep like twenty hours a day. What? No, no. Humans are supposed to sleep eight. I sleep like five because I'm working all the yeah. time. I, don't you eat babies? What? No, what? no. don't do that. It was just a fun back and no, forth their, thing. Their weird little friendship that that pops up is just the best. Like, it's easily the best thing about this episode. Oh, and absolutely. Again, fucking Trip is fucking the best. Like, no, Trip's really very quickly. It, it, it he turned around for me in like three episodes. Like, it's been a very recent thing, but he, I totally like him now. I I kind of between the what the actual episodes shown us and the shit we just make up about him. <laughs> <laughs> I it sort of it sort of dawned on me today when I was at work. It's like, oh, he's like the big dope that you're friends with, and he just gets excited to be like you could just sit him down and explain the plot to a movie to him, and he'll get real excited about it. Yep, just like you'll no, be excited listen. about anything that happened in your life just because you're excited about That's it. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh my god, Darth Vader turned out to be Luke's father. I did not see that coming. Wait, and then you're telling me there's a whole other movie after that? Oh my god, what happened? Well, he falls off the the station after he gets his hand cut off. His whole hand! Oh, my God! How's he hold a lightsaber without a hand? Oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty great. No, I, but even just everything we see on the screen, he's, he's really come around, like, I've really yeah. come around on him. He's, he seems genuinely likable to me. And what I had mentioned before was uh, the only times I've warmed to Archer are in his scenes with Trip, And I mm-hmm. think Trip's carrying some of the uh, baggage there. Trip uh, brings out the best in most people. Well, but their pre-existing friendship, uh, you know, their their pre-existing friendship helped. mm. And uh, again, it's not quite uh, Tuvok Janeway or um, Cisco Dax yet. No. But there's something there. Yeah, I'll take it. I like that. Yeah. But uh, your good thing also had to do with Trip and his uh, and his friend, yeah. Oh yeah, so they're they're having a conversation about uh, Vulcan sex, and Malcolm just instantly appears from behind a plant for his only scene in the entire episode. <clears throat> um, Someone talking about sex. Basically, I just my good thing is that I think it's funny that Malcolm continues to be a gross creep. <laughs> Malcolm is uh, is is successfully conforming to our cartoon version of him. Yep. Oh, <laughs> someone talking about bombs. Hello. Did somebody say wonder? <laughs> I've been waiting in the dumb waiter for 20 minutes. <laughs> Didn't know we had taquitos. 
just comes sliding in. Somebody talking about sex. Yeah, no, it was fun. Although I do like, and Amanda pointed this out to me. I didn't, I didn't spot it at first. There's some subtle directing of the extras in the background because mm-hmm. they're having this sex conversation. Yeah, they, no one's ever been able to ask a Vulcan about sex before. Like, yeah, you guys really only have sex every seven years. What's the deal there? And you can see all the crewmen in the mess hall realize what they're talking about and all turn around and crane in to look and listen. Like, hey, yeah, they're finally going to answer this thing we've all wondered about. What? what? What's the deal, man? Well, Gene kind of launch also kind of launches into the what's so se- what's so uncomfortable about listening to your elderly father talk about sex? Well, yeah, <laughs> sex. I've had sex. <laughs> death. <laughs> Wait, no, that's that's the character in uh, Discovery who can sense death. Oh God, Is death. That what the- <laughs> Uh, Grandpa, that's but, the I lamp. Mean, th- those bits, those bits were funny, uh huh, and charming and interesting. And actually, there was a whole subplot of, uh, uh, and I don't remember what the Vulcan's character's name was because I just kept thinking of him as Gene Belcher. Yeah, I don't care what his real name is. <laughs> yeah, Gene Belcher. Yep. Um, but he, um, uh, his his dad mm-hmm. finds out that Enterprise found their ship, and he's like, um, could you guys maybe reach out to my uh, hippie son because uh, I'm dying and I haven't talked to him because he, he cast off our whole philosophy and went off on his vision quest and uh, maybe I'd like to talk to him before I'm dead and you know this is very standard yeah it's super super standard TV plot but uh, I thought it worked can you reach out to my hippie son hey, my son my son I'm, I'm dying <laughs> tell him I've got butt cancer that'll be a good laugh <laughs> Gene I'm dying <laughs> Gene. Oh my! oh my god <laughs> yeah um no but i enjoyed that and i also liked it was it was a subtle thing uh-huh. but uh the the admiral that calls archer says yeah the vulcan consulate talked to me and wants to wants to like find his son like mm-hmm. the idea that the vulcan high command and starfleet command talk to each other and it's not always adversarial yeah sometimes there's some friendly stuff going on sometimes it's like oh you're your ship found one of our guys huh can you can you do me a favor although uh the admiral does place it like refer to it as doing a favor for him because the vulcans let the let archer keep to paul well okay which is a nice bit of continuity also yeah it is but it's it's very much like no you like you john you owe them yeah and he does mm-hmm. he definitely does but uh yeah i mean seriously like i said in my bad thing you just take the th- that one super objectionable part out and this wasn't it's a, bad a good episode yeah pretty good not amazing but i'll look i'll take what i can get at this point yeah this the show this show has not done an excellent episode yet ah. we had one that we quite liked but not, i wouldn't call it excellent mm. i you might disagree i like that one okay. i don't remember anything about it now except that i know i liked it uh th- th- it was dear doctor the one that we oh yeah yeah no, that was um, a good one. i i walked away from it liking it um a listener wrote in and convinced me that I shouldn't, and we'll get to that when we do our supplemental. But I skimmed over their email, and I'm like, ah, shit, there's a lot of good points there. Maybe I didn't like that one as much oh, as I no. thought I did. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Come on, guys, you should be convincing us how to like this show. We already you know, know what, how to not like it. Where were, where are all the people? Do you remember when we were covering Voyager mm-hmm. and we started saying, oh, Enterprise is coming and everyone kept writing in and telling us how great it was? I'm not hearing from those people very much now. Yeah, flunk. <laughs> well, I think he knows. <laughs> but there are a lot of just listeners coming out of the woodwork and saying, man, you guys are badmouthing the show. It was great. Is it? 
Is it great? Because right now I'm looking at a rape episode that was not great. Mm. And a listener approached us on Twitter and said, oh, just wait, there's more coming. So, oh, what? No. Uh, now, he was talking about what we were complaining about last week, just the creepy pervy stuff, not the straight ah. rape stuff. Like, apparently a Risa episode. And, Gotta do one of those. Well, eh. I don't mind them retconning the existence of Risa. That could have always been around. The what I don't like tradition is the- of Star Trek being made by gross sex creeps. You know, it dates all the way back to the 60s. Yeah, but in the 60s, like, I'm not saying it's okay at all, because it's mm-hmm. not. But, you know, you gotta, a racist grandpa, you know? Mm. You gotta shrug it off a little bit and say, well, all TV was like that. They should have known better. But, eh. like, it's it's a lot easier to excuse in a show that was made 50 years ago than that was made 15 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. This was made in our lifetimes. This was made when I was an adult. Yeah, I was in high school when this came out. Yeah, they should fucking know better by fucking 2001. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no excuse for Get that. your shit together. Everybody get your shit together. I, well, I mean, hopefully the new one will, but who knows? It's, start, it's looking like it's got its shit together. I don't know if it's, as, I don't know if it's something I want to watch, but... Uh, as, as far as that goes, yes. Uh, right now, the time... To- all I've said... To this point, and I, this is my my only real opinion, the tone of the trailers does not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's some good content in the trailers that is arranged in a way that makes it not appealing to me. Hopefully, but we've been, the actual we've, show will be good. We have been tricked by by trailers before. Oh, so many, mm-hmm. so many. I, I'm slipping back into this. Linda can't help it. Linda, this trailer is tricking me. Yeah. Um. Trip Travis Tucker. Duh. Cap- Captain Trip. Wait, no, Commander Trip. Commander Trip. Tuck. Wait, damn catfish. it. Catfish. <laughs> Can I make a pun about catfish? Made for the a next catfish burger? burger. Yeah. Um. There was a. There's a whole dream sequence with T'Pol when uh, when the meld is mm-hmm. happening. Um. Actually, first she stops meditating and she starts getting vivid dreams, and that part I didn't hate. And at first I thought the dream was super cheesy because she's walking around San Francisco and hearing jazz music. I'm like, ugh, jazz music. Oh, God, the worst fucking jazz music, too, by the How, way. However, the jazz was actually the point of the of the dream, and that made it okay to me. Mm. Because what happened was she was walking around and heard jazz music, and she was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough about the mathematics of music and all that, but I do know jazz sort of violates some of it. Like, like people can appreciate like a Vulcan would probably appreciate music because there's certain structural things that happen with math sure. that jazz doesn't have. And so I can see an analytical mind hearing jazz and saying, wait, that doesn't conform to the structure I'm familiar with, but it's still music. This is really interesting. And uh, seriously, like I no, I get it. You're right. I, it wasn't a bad thing to do. It's, it was super cheesy when we first started seeing her dream, but once they, filled in that detail. Well, yeah, as soon as you're launching into what looks to be a very sexy dream, and then you're playing like... No, it it sounded like sexy saxophone. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this, Sin City? No, it was terrible, and it was in black and white, which didn't help. (laughs) So. She turned into a dame. Brick full of bullets. (laughs) Uh, What else? Anything? Ugh. I don't That's know. Basically, like, all I had. The stuff, the stuff I like, is very overshadowed by. Oh no! But the thing is, there's like ninety percent of a good episode there, and one scene that completely ruins mm-hmm. it. 
and ruins it real bad. Let's and really sort of kills, like, the goodwill that I'm getting. Oh, from yeah, it. no, no. It makes the whole episode an F. Mm-hmm. Like, it was coasting on a solid C plus B minus. And that one scene turned it into an F. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. An F for fucking stop it. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, okay, my quote is yes. actually a cute bit from the beginning where um, Archer's super excited that they're about to enter a nebula because it's on the cover of his uh, uh, science textbook from when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get to see the nebula from my textbook. And uh, T'Pol looks in his um, in, in the inside cover of his textbook and notices this detail. From the library of Admiral Johnny Archer. I had high hopes when I was a kid. Which I thought was actually cute. I I like this for Archer, too. Just like... He grew up being kind of a dork. He, he was a space nerd. Yeah, I like that. I like All these guys were, I think. I think that's one thing that I like about the show is the astronaut vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we, we like, we've said, we mentioned that before. We like that whenever it shows up. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got an alternate title? Grill Long and Parsley. That's a well-done burger with parsley garnish. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, so is- exactly as good as any of the ones that have appeared on the show. Yeah, that's, that's some of those are pretty damn clever. I got a whole cookbook full of them, man. They're awesome. <laughs> also, I worry that two thirds of our audience doesn't watch Bob's Burgers, and they should. Yeah, you but should. Are currently not getting these references. Don't don't make this mistake I did for years and think it was just another shitty Fox show. It's the best thing. Yeah, Fox another is Simpsons showing. ripoff. No, it it reminds me in a lot of ways of sort of classic Simpsons, like mm-hmm. not in the sort of tightly plotted classic comedy way, but in the the character dynamic. Way. It's also it actually got, reminds me a lot of King of the Hill. I was just gonna say it reminds me a lot of King of the Hill. Like it's, it's like a it's like a spiritual successor to King of the that Hill. weird family like dynamic, yeah. like very real family dynamic. Yeah, but it's, but it also gets weird enough that it justifies being animated. Yeah, you're listening to the Bob Atomic Horror with Matt now. <laughs> not the post atomic burger. Oh, shit, that's better. Damn it. <laughs> See, this is why we work together. <laughs> uh, my alternate title, Welcome to Star Trek. Zero days since our last mind rape. Uh-huh. Change the sign. Ugh. All right. Uh, on to an episode that I also didn't like, but was just kind of dull instead of uh, offensive. So that's mm-hmm. that's a step up, I guess. That's something. Rogue Planet. Take it away, Matt. All right. So the Enterprise stumbles... Well, I think I've opened at least half the summaries I've done for this show with the Enterprise stumbles across something weird and pokes it with a stick. Glad we've already got a pattern established here. So the Enterprise stumbles across a rogue planet, which is basically a planet that's fled its solar system in a bloody coup. It has no sun and nothing to orbit, but it does have pockets of gas, so I guess that explains why it has plants, animals, gravity, breathable air, etc. Pockets of gas. Solves everything. So anyway, Archer organizes a camping trip, and everybody heads downstairs to take rubbings of leaves, or whatever it is that Starfleet does. Everything's fine until they stumble onto... Damn it. They meet a party of hunters who are stalking that most deadliest of game, the humble space pig. Malcolm, jealous of their superior sneaking skills, invites himself along while everyone else roasts marshmallows. The alien hunters, led by a sinister-voiced creep with Godzilla's penis for a nose, happily bring him along for some reason. I don't get it either. I just hope they're not planning on getting him drunk. So while Malcolm's being very, very quiet, Archer stumps out of a bitch onto a lady in a nightgown asking for help. He chases her for a while, but somehow falls and fails to fall down a rabbit hole. Meanwhile, one of the aliens is attacked by a space pig or something, and the crew takes him back to the Enterprise for a tune-up. Or, I guess, surgery is the word for a tune-up for people. <laughs> Fine. So Phlox examines the pig bite and realizes it's not very piggy or 
animally. After some sneaky questioning, the hunters reveal that they're hunting wraiths. Ah, ghostbusting, an ancient and noble tradition. But no, wraiths are actually intelligent psychic space uh, shapeshifters and probably shouldn't be hunted. So, with a reason to be mad, Archer has flocks whip up a cure for the hunters' sensors, making them uh, making hunting them much, much more difficult. With the wraith, wraiths protected, the Enterprise's crew takes a brief minute to be indescribably smug to their former friends before fucking off to their next stumble. I have to applaud you for the comeback of uh, going downstairs. It's been a while since you've used that one. Right? Yep. Good job. This, I did not care for this one. It's, there's stuff in it that I kind of like, but most of it's just dumb and boring. I don't think there's anything I like. The thing is, here's here's how it felt to me. It felt like they were bending over backwards to give, like, to put a pretty lady on this planet. It felt like one of those dumb, mind-blowing Brandon Braga things. Uh-huh. What if you're on an alien planet where there's no humans, but then a pretty lady in a nightgown was there? And they... But they, they tried so okay, so it's a shapeshifter, but it's a psychic shapeshifter. Yeah, it pulls like, images out of your mind. That's the only way they could justify the mental gymnastics to make this happen. So like Archer's so thinking tortured. Like Archer's thinking about a poem that he remembers from when he was a kid. That apparently that I did se- like a sexy nightgown lady in it. I liked I liked that she's from a poem and not a woman he wanted to bang. That's sure. something at least. Like She's an abstract, like, she's not a person he's met. Like, they did, it could have gone into that whole creepy territory mm-hmm. of, like, oh, that was my sexy teacher when I was a kid that I wanted to bang. Like, at least they didn't do that. Yeah, it's still, that was a sexy poem I wanted to bang. That's not great. Uh, no, but at least it's a it's a woman he kind of made up in his head mm-hmm. instead of an actual person. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here, but at this point, after the last episode, that, you know, that's, that's definitely something. Sure. I don't know. I like the rogue planet idea. Yeah, that was actually my good thing. Oh, like, yeah, go ahead. It's a it's a cool sci-fi concept. Like, I think this is a real thing. If not, I know I've read it in other sci-fi stories. Like, mm-hmm. Just the idea of a planet that breaks away from its orbit and isn't in a system just kind of careening through the galaxy. I, that's a cool idea. Yeah, and because of special gases, it's able to still have, you know, plants, yeah, animals, gravity, and breathe with the air. Another, another one of those sort of mental gymnastics. I'm okay with that. <clears throat> you gotta go to the planet. I do like uh, like the having them sort of tromp around on this planet that doesn't have day at all is kind of cool to me. And like to their credit, like the, the episode is dark without one not being able to see anything, and two, like it still looks good. I didn't think it looked that good. Really? All right. Yeah, I thought it looked like the uh, the old dentist's office. <laughs> yeah, but at but, night. Uh, oh well, yeah, that's you don't see the dentist's office at night, Al, unless you're a dental burglar. Are you a dental burglar? I mean, I wouldn't admit that on a microphone. That's right. I am not the famous dental cat burglar. That's damn sure. (laughs) I'd hate to even bring him up on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know why we're still talking about it. Moving on. No. (laughs) Moving on. No, it just, like, I got a real Wrestle Your Trembles vibe from from the planet. Mm Mm-hmm. These guys just traipsing around in the fake-looking jungle hunting crap. Uh Uh-huh. Just ugh, did not care. And, and, like, and the minute I met them, I knew I did not care about what they're dealing. Well, like the second the first guy shows up, he looks like the most evil guy alive. 
Yeah. Fucking reptile dick nose has the most sinister voice this side of, like, Clancy Brown. I loved I, his voice. I thought he had an amazing voice. Yeah, I know, but, like, as soon as he shows up, like, oh, that's the bad guy. I'm so sick of that. Like, I was sitting here watching. Oh, so, just, okay, I was going to say, your bad thing is not his voice. It's that it's No, no, I don't have a problem with his voice. I have a, I'm sick of the fact that, like, he's The evil-sounding guy is evil. Yeah, like, as soon as he shows up, it's like, oh, that's, that, that's the bad guy. I would have loved if he hadn't done anything. Like he was yeah. just he was just a dude here doing a ceremonial hunt for his planet. No, and and what Star Trek should do more of is I mean, this goes all the way back to the Horda episode. They we've been referencing that one a lot today. It was a good um, episode. No it kill. It was a good I. episode. No kill I. Um but uh, this goes way back like you should play with your expectations mm-hmm. when you meet a, a a seemingly evil guy, he should not be evil. Like, you know what I mean when you Yeah. Like you should always be challenging people's assumptions and stereotypes and stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Star Trek. It's not about what you look like on the ins- on the outside. Yeah. Also, aliens are weird and different and don't make assumptions based on your, your cultural frame. Exactly. But no. they Or just always... have a sinister guy with this voice who's sharpening a knife in the background all no, the time. He sounded like he should be narrating movie ty- or movie trailers. In a in world. world. Yeah, that guy. He really he that's that's how sinister his voice was. <laughs> like it was you you d- turn the dial toward Clancy Brown but it goes a couple of clicks after that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very like this. I liked his voice a lot, but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a waste cuz uh, uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you about the films you're going to be seeing. Yeah. That's pretty. You guys want to see <laughs> You guys want to see Armageddon? <laughs> no. What about, Arm- what about Armageddon 2? Armageddon. <laughs> no, it's... How about I, Volcano I, I... starring Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> in a time. What else? what else you got? When a volcano erupted in Los Angeles. Ugh. Only one man could scale Dante's Peak. Oh, fuck. That's what that was called. I was trying, and I could not think of it. And I No, there was two. Dante's Peak had Pierce no, I know. and the other one was called Volcano. Yeah, I know. But I kept thinking of... Um, now I can't think of the name of it. The The most recent... Um, the most recent... Uh, 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 never mind. Just forget it. Just forget all of it. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. Dante's Peak. Um, my bad thing was mm-hmm. I saw this episode's dumbass twist 15 minutes before they deemed it worth revealing to me, oh. which was this woman that only Archer could see that mm-hmm. everyone thinks he's crazy. How many times have we done that fucking episode? Yeah. Um, it, it turns out she's also the thing that they're hunting. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Come on. Yeah. So he's in love with a pig. <laughs> First of all, that's some pick. I, it's radiant. <laughs> Crunchy. But it was, it was just, uh, just stupid. Oh god! Like, and I knew it. I knew the whole time. Yep. He's seeing what he's seeing is just a different form of the thing they're hunting because they they insisted in the first act that they're not hunting anything sentient. So of course they actually are. Mm-hmm. Uh, just shut up. Yeah. Fucking knock it off. I, and and I thought it was going to just be a general, like, hunting is bad thing, and at least it wasn't that. Angry. I was so uh. expecting that. And, like, I am not a big hunting fan, but I don't have a per problem with, like, you know, people doing it. 
Oh, I'm fine with people hunting for food. I don't like yeah. it when people just kill stuff for the sake of killing stuff. Yeah, it's not my thing, but, like, I would never be all like, yeah, you're, don't fucking do it. I eat meat, so I find it hard to criticize anyone who goes and kills their own meat. If anything, exactly. I think that's that's more, like, uh, more legit than me buying it from a store. Yeah, you're a better man than I am, I said yeah. as I ate my chicken McNuggets. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to go out and hunt chickens. That's terrible. Fuck no. Although, I do hate chickens and think they should be dead. Yeah, but hunting chickens? Ugh. Oh, no, that's that, that ain't me. Yeah, exactly. Wrestle your trembles. No, I don't want to do that either. There was a there was a lot of, like, that kind of thing, too. Actually, mm-hmm. it was mostly the 90s speak, and I'm going to jump right to my alternate title here, because these are all words that were said in the course, like, the names of the animals on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my alternate title is Firewolves and Wraiths, Rise of the Drajan. Yep, that's about right. Because they, uh, there were firewolves, there were wraiths, and Drajan. Just fuck you. Stop also, it with that 90s bullshit. It's 2001. Also, you cannot bring a f- mention of firewolf on your TV show and not show me a flaming wolf. No, they didn't. Fuckers. You no, we just got see... to see lots of space pigs. The space pigs look pretty good. Like, they yeah, were obviously fine. CG, and, and they showed them through that uh, night vision filter, mm. but it looked pretty good, I thought. Yeah. I'm, you know, anytime we see an animal that isn't just, like, <laughs> that vicious creature, you know, Gene's, Gene's <laughs> dog with a horn glued to its head. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's a great alien. Yeah. Um, but also, once again, we're in another situation, as you, as you correctly point out, where uh, people don't really want to be bothered, and Archer's just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, this dude has no, like, you know, read the room, man. Like, you know, and before they even go down there, mm-hmm. and I had to stop myself from saying beam down because they don't beam down on this show, but it's, it's no, they do go downstairs, but of, it's a lot more complicated. Yeah, I know. No, and I like that. It's just, it's hard to break myself of the habit. Mm-hmm. Just like when we first started doing Voyager, I kept wanting to call the ship the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but r- before they even go down there, somebody, and I, I took this note and I don't remember which character said it now, but somebody said, uh, we're not really detecting any life signs, but obviously there's there's some evidence of life. But maybe they want to be left alone. And Archer just looks at him like, "What? Of course not." We're literally go just talk to them. Like literally, someone just said, "Maybe they want to be left alone." Cut to the shuttle landing on the planet. Yep, doodly doodly doodly. Yeah, Yay, it's us. Like this dude just like he won't leave people alone. And always he- just, "Hey, we're uh, we're the Starship Enterprise. We're from Earth. Want to hang out?" No. Yeah, you know, you guys have only ever met one alien race, and they're the Vulcans, and they live on your planet now. Nobody else cares about you. We're on our ceremonial hunting trip, you son of a bitch. He's like, I was thinking about this. Imagine a guy walking through your neighborhood who just invites himself into your house, just mm-hmm. walks into your house and asks what's for dinner. That's and, that's Jonathan Archer. Yeah, but and also while he's in your house, he starts like, you know, rearranging your furniture and shit. Yeah, because you're not you don't do you don't uh, you don't present your house the way he does. This, this is ain't all how wrong. we do things on Earth. Look, the couch goes opposite the window. That's how that's how things work at my house. So that's I'm moving your couch now. Get off my couch, man. Fuck off, Archer. But he seriously, he just invites himself wherever mm-hmm. and just assumes that he's welcome there. And mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it so much. And nobody likes you this much, Archer. The thing is, we've got a whole huge tradition of all these shows we watched. The original series and Next Gen and a little bit in DS9, but a lot of Voyager, like, was about exploration. was about uh, captains going to new places and visiting new places. And I never got this vibe from from Kirk or Picard or Janeway before. Yeah. This 
this bursting in where they're not welcome and poking around. Like we mm-hmm. got a little of it in DS9 where they kept wandering into the gamma well, they quadrant. Did, yeah, they, they did keep going into the, the yeah. gamma quadrant. Almost a delta. Wow. Yeah. Well, we spent we just spent two years covering the Delta yeah, Quadrant show. I haven't talked about the Gamma Quadrant in a while. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. Like on on all the Explorey shows, mm-hmm. none of those captains to me, even Kirk, who was very you know very aggressive. Yeah. Nobody ever felt like uh, we just invited ourselves to dinner. Yeah, it never like, bothered me before, and it really no. bothers me now. Yeah, with Archer, he just he just keeps walking in, and yeah, ugh, I hate it. How y'all doing? Not great. I mean, we were doing real good a minute ago. Yeah. Then some jagoff we'll be... sh- Then some jagoff showed up and started ch- started making fun of how we tr- do our shit. Oh yeah, that guy sounds that guy sounds like he sucks. Who's that? <laughs> yeah. What a dick. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, when Malcolm does, uh, as you said, invited himself along on the uh, the hunting expedition. I um, like hunting. Arthur refers to it as a safari, and I wanted so badly to see Malcolm in a pith helmet. Oh, God, right? Let's go on safari. I'm going to hunt a man in a gorilla costume. <laughs> Clown. <laughs> you're, you're very much turning him into Sadie Doyle. What kind of sex do you have on this planet? I, I definitely picture him, though, as the uh, the great white hunter type. Oh, yeah. Like in the in the Jeep shooting a rhino. Look, a rhino. No, a giraffe. No, a lion. One day I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I have no idea. So seriously, what kind of sex do you guys have? Dirty (laughs) or very dirty? What is that from? That's not from anything. That's just Malcolm the Creep. (laughs) Malcolm the Creep. (laughs) Malcolm the British Creep. See, we can tell them apart now. Yeah. The well-meaning Southern dope and the British creep. The guy who looks like Mike Nelson's nephew. <laughs> and the guy that looked like Mike Nelson's nephew got left on a radiator overnight. <laughs> Hell, by melting. No, no. My beautiful face. Why, oh, why did they not buy one of those screens to go over the wind st- the windshield? Now I look like Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, that's it for me. <laughs> I'm not an animal. <laughs> Take that, uh, Malcolm. There was, if if this had been my episode to, to pick a quote from, I don't know if you picked up on this or not. It was, it was fairly subtle, and if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't have caught it. It's just a really good delivery from Trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the times... Um, Archer thinks he sees the woman. Mm-hmm. He sort of wanders off. And Trip just says, uh, what uh, What are you doing, Captain? <laughs> it's, it's just this total deadpan, like, uh, what's going on there, crazy? What you up to, Captain? But it, was, it, it wasn't his usual excitable. That's, that was what it made it so funny. What, what do you got going on over what's, here? Uh, what, what's, why are you acting like a nut bar? <laughs> you, uh, it was really good. You okay, Captain? Yeah. Captain. Captain. No, it was with an M. Captain. Captain. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? What else? Uh, my good thing. Yes. Everybody in this has cool eyepieces that they wear to hunt in the dark, and they all yeah, look they, cool. Uh, they're like NVG monocles. Yep. 
Just like a big green glowy thing on one eye. And the aliens have like laser visors. I did not care for that, but I could, I, I see why you liked it, but mm-hmm. it just felt like, it felt like Predator vision to me. I, I like Predator, like. Oh, that's fair. I'm a simple man with simple tastes. You I seen like that Predator movie? What's called Predator? Predator. <laughs> MTM Dreamcatchers? <laughs> MTM Dreamcatchers. Uh, there was a nice creepy bioluminescent bug that I liked. Yeah, that was neat. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was like a giant centipede that glowed in the dark. (laughs) That reminds me, I love how quickly fucking Hoshi bails on this planet. Uh, Yeah, hey, you want to go camping? Nope. I certainly don't. Thanks for asking. It was also a good twist on her, because she's not, like, the scared one anymore. Mm -hmm. She just, like, now she's normal level, I don't want to fuck with that, rather than panicky. There's There's definitely a difference between... The way Hoshi was in the first couple episodes where she's freaking the fuck out. And now where she just wants no part of your stupid yeah. crawling bug adventure. I saw me a giant glow-in-the-dark bug. Cool. See you later. Yeah, I'm going to work on the new version of the Universal Translator, I think. I'm going to go uh, make up an excuse for why I'm not coming. See you later. <laughs> I'm going to keep learning um, Danubian. Danubian? I don't remember. Uh, uh, Flox's language. Oh, is he Danubian? something i'm i'm getting nah. it wrong i know but it's I, I, I was gonna say as in slime devil maybe i don't remember. i'm getting it wrong i'm definitely getting it wrong we're recording this at a different time than usual and i'm a little punchy so sure i don't i don't know i don't remember things so well like i, I say, know. i forgot uh what's his name eddington yep almost forgot him again a real person who existed I sure did from there from canada <laughs> uh what else um, I wanted to mention this, just, it's sort of off topic, but I was thinking about it the other day when I was watching this episode. Um, you know what we're never going to see again on Star Trek? Is episode? weird oh. god shit. Mm, probably not. I, th- I feel like they ran that shit into the ground in the 60s. I was, I was, but I mean, like, they, not even in the 60s, like, they did it on Next Gen, they did it on, like, to a lesser extent on DS9, because that was about, that was well, about DS9, religion. Yeah, that was a little different. But, like, you're never going to have Q show up on this show, just because... It's like it's this this tradition in Star Trek that's been around since the '60s that it feels like everyone on this show would just be like, oh, "That's stupid." Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, Braga's still around, and like yeah, but that it feels like the kind of thing where he that he just isn't interested. Like it's not scary. It's like it's it's like, no. But what I'm saying is, Berman and Braga were responsible for Voyager, and Q showed up in that. Yeah, but Q's popular. Oh, that's fair. Q's a very popular character. It's a good way to trick people into watching your uh, your lesser episodes of your later shows. Uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, you're probably right, but I would not put it past the show to do, you know, they do seem to want to dip into the barrel and just draw out an old episode and change the names and do it again. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. You're probably just, right. It's not it, like it's not a thing where I was like, that's too bad. I'm never going to see those again. But it was like that, that was a big Star Trek thing for a very long time. And this show feels like it wants nothing to do with that anymore. Well, and, and maybe even to a, a greater extent, just your your whimsical episode in general, your Robin Hood type episode, that your too. rascals, your your uh, shrinking episode. Like, yeah, yeah nobody's going to get turned into a kid on this show. Uh, probably not. But I don't know. I, I do know there's one where they go back to World War Two and like they're actually in like. Like, they dress up and they play around in World War II, so that's something. But that's nope. not exactly the most whimsical setting. But it Well, is, I mean, yeah. It is them dressing up and playing pretend, so yeah. that's something. I, all right. I'll t- we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
I do, but I also what I don't want. Please, if if you know if it happens, or yeah, don't, don't write us. in and tell us. We this is one of the rare times where we are actually surprised by what happens, and I'm kind of enjoying that. Yeah, like sometimes it hits me like, ah, oh, fuck, here's a rape episode. But exactly. a lot of times it's like, oh, that's an interesting surprise that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it's just it's something I've been thinking about as we've been getting further and further into this show. No, you're probably right. I, I mean, again, I'm sort of getting an idea of what this show sort of is. Uh, the, the show feels in some ways in like like it wants to be sort of what ba- Battlestar was. Mm. Maybe not that bleak, but in terms of realism, mm-hmm. in terms of there's there's a slight layer of science fiction that you have to believe faster than light and robots. But after that, you don't get a lot of the crazy whimsical stuff. It's all pretty serious and grounded. I don't think we get any robots. I'd love for a robot show. No, no, no. But I'm just I'm saying in Battlestar. Oh yeah, okay. Those are the things you're supposed to buy into in their world. Mm-hmm. Like, and once you accept those, there's really no deviation. There's no extra sci-fi on top of that. Oh, and God. Just, they want you to believe in God. Uh, that's not sci-fi. Also, mm. it never really happened. So but you understand <laughs> what I mean? Like there's a yes. there's a very base level of of reality. And what Star Trek often did was then throw a bunch of weird shit on top of that. And mm-hmm. This show, apart from, you know, psychic shapeshifter, doesn't really seem all that interested in that kind of thing. I guess what I'm saying is that I want the, I want the Enterprise to find a giant glowing green hand, and I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, or or uh, even a giant space amoeba would be nice. Yeah. But probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably too silly. That's too stupid. Yeah. I now here's some more episode. about the Temporal Cold War. Yeah. Well, I mean... That's that's gonna there's gonna be more of that you know that right? Mm-hmm. Every time they mention it on uh, Memory Alpha, it's like uh, this is episode two of thirty six dealing with the oh. temporal. Ugh. I don't remember what the number is, but it's definitely double digits. It's definitely thirty six. Yeah, it's probably thirty six. Uh, it's pretty much all I got. Like this yeah. is just very standard, typical, boring. I also didn't love the captain seeing stuff and nobody believing him. That's I'm so sick of that happening in every TV show ever. Mm-hmm. Trip gets himself a big glass of milk. <laughs> because right. of course he can. Yeah, alright. I mean, it's no catfish, but it's something. It's good for your bones, Captain. <laughs> I don't want to get the osteoporosis. <laughs> sure, I'm small now, but I'm drinking milk, and one day I'm going to be on the Starship Enterprise. I mean, I was, uh, I was pregnant. That got me real concerned about brittle bones later in life. <laughs> you imagine just banging your knee against something and your knee just snaps in half, Captain? Oh. Or falling down in the bathtub and breaking your hip. Wakes me up at night. Screaming, Captain. Ooh. Screaming. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Give me the boondoggles. <laughs> I don't know why. That's a word I just assume he says a lot. Almost definitely. Boondoggle and possibly hornswoggle. This is quite a, this is quite a boondoggle you got us involved in here, Captain. Now, what are you trying to hornswoggle me out of here? Now, listen, I may not have just fallen off the pickle cart yesterday, but I know when someone's trying to hornswoggle me. Yeah, see? Now, we're going to talk this car down from the $8,000 you're expecting me to pay to $5,000 and a bottle of my daddy's finest moonshine, which you can drink right here. I tell you one thing. This is a guy who knows what a key is. Oh, yeah. He, he does not have that problem. My keychain. He's, he, he's like Bones. He's the likable southerner who doesn't, like, uh, fly a, a Confederate flag problem. Yeah, no. I hope. Man, now I want to see him hang out with Bones. Oh, shit, yeah. Two southern boys getting getting wasted on, like, corn mash liquor. <laughs> Another drink. You know it, Bonesy. <laughs> Don't call me that. 
Well, you can call me Trip. Ah, uh, damn it, I'm not going to call you I'm that. I'm not either. calling you Trip, Charles. <laughs> Jim, you believe this guy? Jim. All right, anything else? Hang on a sec, Jim. I got to get into character. Jim. Bones. Damn it, Spot. There we go, now. Right. Boom, balls. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. You got you got a quote? I do got a quote. Uh, this is to Paul flat out calling Archer out on his bullshit, and it's great. With respect, Captain, I wonder if you would be so determined to find this apparition if it were a scantily clad man. Well, anytime she can do that is, is a good time for me. I fucking love just like, well, Captain, I should follow you. You're going to be looking for, you don't know the intentions of this dangerous, possibly dangerous woman. No, no, that's okay. I got this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You could just see her, like, because she's got to play it non-emotional, she doesn't roll her eyes, but she wants to roll her eyes so hard. I work with the dumbest fucking people in space. Uh, they're just going to stick their dicks in something now, aren't they? Just the dumbest fucking people in space. Now, I gave my alternate title already, but what do you got? Uh, what did I got? Oh, A Most Unusual Pig. Well, now you got that song stuck in my head. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Mr. Zuckerman. Zuckerman's Unusual Pig. It's actually a line from Flox that I thought was delivered perfectly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Flox is always delightful. He's got a great voice. Yeah, he does. He's got a very similar voice to Neelix, but somehow he's not irritating. Yeah. I don't get it. A most unusual pig. <laughs> it's a most unusual pig. There you go, that's better. Yeah, you have to sort of almost smarm it up a little. <clears throat> I'm Smarmy Neelix. Yeah. And this is he's my got... Smarmy Neelix cooking show. He's got almost a... um. Not quite this far, but just a just a little bit of um, like a Kelsey Grammer vibe to me. I think about Kelsey Grammer all the time when I see this dude. I think <laughs> I think, I think about part of Kelsey it's the Grammer hair. all the time. I think about Kelsey Grammer pretty much every day. Yeah, well, who doesn't really? Mm-hmm. Every time I step on a rake, I think of him. <laughs> all right, that's all for this time. Yep. Um, next week, I think we are coming up on the infamous appearance of the Ferengi. I could be wrong, but the wow, title, really? First season? God, the title the title is acquisition. I could be wrong, but I think that's probably it. Oh God, I hope not. That's not a first season thing. Come on, guys. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Apparently, it is. But I could be wrong. But the episode called Acquisition most likely involves the Ferengi. Oh Lord, what do we'll you see? What are you doing over there, Enterprise? Jeez, yeah. get your shit together. I mean, they're never gonna. Everyone says season four is great. We'll see. But so far, no. Come on. You're making a Star Trek show. Fucking no, they're not. There's no Star Trek. What, what makes you say that? You're making just... an Enterprise show that is yeah. unconnected in any way to Gene Roddenberry's vision. Visionary vision of a vision. Oh, fuck this. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.